0: And now I would like to turn our sessions back over to Denise and Larry to to take the next two hours. And we've got new
1: host and
0: broadcaster in Clubhouse and and streamers. We have Travis, right, Travis?
2: Correct. And
3: And we have Jane Saw over in in Clubhouse. She's uh, moderating over there and connecting Zoom and Clubhouse. And
1: And
0: we thank Larry.
3: And Larry, yeah.
0: Thanks, Thank Patty. you
1: guys very much. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, couldn't get rid of us that easily. I think this has been a wonderful day. I can't believe that it's gone as fast as it has. It's just been amazing. Um, I hope a lot of you have been able to be here for most of the day. I can't wait to get the numbers of how many people we had participate today um, on Zoom in Clubhouse on acb media and just a reminder we are on acb media 8 for anybody who wants to go over there um and um i will be saying this a couple more times but just a reminder that if you have questions um that you didn't get to ask any of the participants today because we just had no way of knowing how long each session was going to be and we wanted to give equal time to all our presenters and so some of them we were able to do questions some of them we weren't because they had more to say and we just had more questions um you can email your question to treasurer at BrailleRevivalLeague.org it's b-r-a-i-l-l-e-r-e-v-i-v-a-l league.org and Jane our treasurer will get the questions to the appropriate presenter so just because you didn't get answered, question doesn't mean that we don't feel it's important to address and we want to be able to address that well i think this next segment is just going to be a lot of fun we're going to get to do some really fun stuff so um, my first question is nancy herb on yes i'm here okay for those of you who have been involved with ACB community for a while, you know that one of the areas that ACB community has done a very good job in because we've had some facilitators who've been willing to step up and say, yeah, I wanna do this. I wanna, I wanna facilitate this call. And so uh, there are three of them essentially that deal with braille. Um, we had reference made to I love braille earlier um in the in the broadcast and if any of you have um listened to valine shaw in his program every thursday he does the i love braille session and brings in great speakers and just does all cool stuff and tonight we're going to introduce you to a few more so um our first presenter tonight is nancy herb who does the uh grade three braille revisited And I'm I'm curious about why it says revisited. And so, Nancy, if you can tell us a little bit about the the call, when you meet, um, and what it's all about. And tell us a little bit, you
4: know, briefly, what what in the heck is Grade 3 Braille anyway? (laughs) Okay, I'd be happy to. Thank you. Grade 3 Braille is an extension of English Braille American Edition. So, this is before UEB was invented. in it adds more short form words it adds more dot four the uh, dot five words dot four five dot four five six words it adds a bunch of signs that mean different things depending on whether you're in the be- at the beginning in the middle or at the end of a word it you can have one sign three different times you know depending on where it is 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 what it means grade 3 braille was invented for Mostly personal writing. Uh, A lot of college students would use it uh, uh, to take notes, and a lot of people would learn it just for personal writing. The call says revisited because there wasn't there was a a grade three call last year and the year before that that happened, and I just felt that it needed to be taught again. So that's why I have revisited the call. Happens on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern in the community and the call basically I'm going through the signs going through and going to be going through the rules I'm basically just teaching the system and ask students we've come up with sentences to have the students interject a word or even braille out the whole sentence you know in speaking the the braille dots and so forth as we're going along and unfortunately there are not a lot of books to read that have to do with grade three Braille so reading is a bit of a challenge for us but we are we are working on trying to get that done and a few of us are talking about transcribing some articles and things like that to to send out so that that our students can have, a reading, reading time as well. So that's essentially what we are and what we do. Now, do, do
1: do you have a book that you use? Do you have a manual that that students get that you use? And if so, how do students get their hands on them? Um, or how do you actually
4: do the, you know, do the assignments? The, the key to grade three Braille, um, and right now the author is escaping my my braille brain here. <laughs> um, the key to grade three braille is the book that you can get from Bard and we've got, you can get it from braille on demand or electronically. And that one is the one that I'm using for the most part. I created my own, I created my own manual and I had, um, I'm trying to create right now, get a way to create a, uh, electronic braille brf file for that manual so that i can send that out but right now i'm just using the key to grade 3 braille as a guide and if somebody um hasn't been
1: involved up to this point but is interested is it hard to come in and start in the middle or uh are you not that i'm trying to put you on the spot no are you um thinking about maybe doing another one after this one ends
4: um what's your thoughts i hadn't thought about doing another one although i'm perfectly willing to do that i do i have made recordings of the different word lists and sign lists and i'll be doing that with the rules as well so i give people access to a dropbox folder that has all those recordings in it and they can they can catch up that way um, a lot of times it's just dictation. You write this down. This word means ACK is acknowledged. So you have to write that down somehow so that you can memorize that. And yes, it is in most of the words are in the key to grade three braille. There is a few uh, words sometimes that some books have that other books don't. And so what I have done is I put all, everything together. So that all the words are included in the in the in the little book that I have written, but I would uh, love dearly love to get that into a BRF format to send out. Yes,
5: great.
1: Any questions for Nancy, Larry?
5: Well, I have a question or two, if I may. Um, this is Larry Johnson, Nancy. Um, okay, I'm fascinated by what you're doing. At one point, I actually studied Grade 3 Braille, and I learned a little bit of it, and then I did not use it in any practical way. But I can see a real value to it, particularly for college students. One of the challenges that I had was taking notes in lectures and uh, I always preferred braille notes rather than recording and then having to play back the whole hour lecture. I would rather just, you know, have my notes of what's important. So, I'm wondering if you have thought of a plan by which you could maybe recruit college students, perhaps even ACB's uh, affiliate of blind students, there might be some candidates there of uh, Braille-using students who would be interested in a class. The other thought that I had was there were a couple of presenters today that talked about being willing to receive requests for transcription or uh, of books and, and I'm wondering if we couldn't persuade one of them, either um, national braille press or Clover Nook or somebody to, um, to translate a couple of books into grade three so that people could have stuff to study.
4: Yeah. the I'm not sure about that. I would, that would be wonderful. I would love to see that. Um, and the thing that i know i took grade 3 braille through the hadley school for the blind and at the back of that student manual is a list of books now this is way back in
2: mm-hmm.
4: the 30s and 40s when this book was written i believe and so at that time there was a list of hand copied grade 3 braille books that and you you we were supposed to be able to get from NLS but now I mean now that uh, they've gone digital and all that all the hand copied stuff is gone so <laughs> that and as far as recruiting other students um I had not thought of that that is something that would be that would I think would be neat and um it, if there's a way we could we could do that certainly that would be wonderful.
5: Well I'm sure if you you know contacted the president of the affiliate and, and we might find that they would be responsive and supportive one third thought that I had and I don't I don't know uh, how this might fly but I uh, I I'm just thinking ways in which uh, people could be stimulated to look at grade 3 uh, braille if is there any possibility that duxbury for example might be willing to be persuaded to create a a a software program to translate into grade three braille
4: i'm not sure i that would probably be a question that we'd have to ask them as far as since grade three braille doesn't refer to ueb united english braille the question would be would they feel it was still valuable since it's based on the older code and a lot of people or students now are not learning that code so that would be the that would be the only challenge i would think would be with that well i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna um
1: that that's an interesting question but yeah that's probably a question that we'd have to ask you know Duxbury or somebody like that Nancy I want to thank you for joining us this afternoon and talking to us about UEB I don't know if anybody else is like me but after I mean about grade three Braille I don't know if anybody else is like me but after I took the class some years ago I kind of developed my own note taking using sort of a combination of grade two grade three and things that I made up. And
4: <laughs> I would right. expect
1: others have done the same thing. Yes, Yes, you? I've
4: heard that over and over again. <laughs> well,
6: thank you so much for comment. coming
4: to
1: share with us.
6: I have a comment quickly. Uh-huh. Um, this is Jane. There are two books on BARD that are grade three Braille books. And um, I have them both as electronic files. And I have right here in, in my lap, the Hayden, that's by Ruth R. Hayden. It's called... The Braille code, a guide to grade three, and yes. <laughs> I looked at the last page just to see how humbled I could get, how much of this grade three I could read, couldn't read a thing, it was almost <laughs> <laughs> so. That I is to that's that my is. New Year's resolution for this year. She's gonna learn grade three, okay, <laughs> <All out>, right? <laughs> and I'm gonna learn grade three, I'm not gonna stay up till nine o'clock in the evening to do it. But <laughs> I can go through this book that I have, so Very there are, good. yeah, there. There is is that
4: one, yes, and there is that one, and the each book that I I've worked with three different books now. Those two, the two that are on Bard, and then also the Hadley book, and each book has their own method of teaching, and I have a different method of teaching. So I kind of take from all of them, and and some of us are above big borrowing and stealing.
1: (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) thanks so much nancy you're very welcome thank you for having me you're welcome well our next presenter is also a an acb community facilitator and when i first saw the title of this um, particular call i was really intrigued she calls it doing braille digitally and i just thought that was really creative i want to welcome nikki keck to our event to talk to us about her um community call and you know how it sort of came about and sort of what occurs so welcome nikki
7: hi can everybody hear me yes okay awesome uh well thank you for having me uh denise and you and i go back a long way but anyway (laughs) (laughs) i have been reading braille since i was a child at six years old um, and I've always loved braille and it's always been very sad to me to find out about the fact that so many blind people in this day and age that lose their sight, especially later in life are not learning it. And uh, for me, I live in an apartment, so I can't, um, I don't have the room to store a lot of very, um, big, huge braille books in my apartment, unfortunately, I wish I did. Uh, so I, you know, I am very much into technology, and I have loved getting into braille displays and using braille displays. And um, I was talking to Herbie Allen a few years ago. He's the instigator of a lot of things that go on in ACP community. Right now I know whose fault it is. <laughs> it's his fault. It is. It's all his fault. And he's like, "You should do a community call." And I said, "Oh, really? What should I do one about?" And he's like, "Well, what do you think?" You know, and and I, you know I said, "You know what?" I think this is what I'm going to do it about, about digital braille and braille displays. We have calls about braille, but nothing about digital braille and electronic braille and the technology of using braille and, and that kind of thing. And so he thought it was a good idea. So that's when it started. Uh, I enjoy having people present on the call about their particular braille display, how to use it, all of the different features about it, uh what they like most what they like least about it um and you right now the best way to get in touch with me probably would be through community because um my my doing world digital email address doesn't it seems to be working and not working my i can't seem to get it totally to work all the time for some reason gmail is being a little uh wonky with me so you can always write to community at acb uh, org and they can forward any emails. And I'm always interested in people who would like to present um, about their braille displays. Um, we also have done things like I've talked about braille with iOS and braille with Windows. We had um, a gentleman on a few months back uh, talking to us about braille support on Mac because that is always a challenge. Um, hard to master it's not the it's not the best thing and it's it's just really hard to master so it that was a really good uh call that we had um i hope to do one we had one on the e-reader um that nls is um giving people and i hope to do one on the zoom Mac soon Uh, i actually just got one so i have to master it and then i can do it (laughs) um Next week, I didn't get to have the description in time, so I will let you know that we do it on the fourth, second and fourth Saturday of every month, and it have, takes place at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Um, we have, uh, if you go right to community at acb.org, you can get the daily schedule, which I recommend everybody to do, and you'll see it on that schedule. Next week, in honor of Braille, um, month, We are going to talk to, I want everybody to share how they got started reading Braille and what their first, I mean, we talked about this before, but, you know, um, it never hurts to talk about it again, and we might have different people, so I want to bring it back, uh, what your first Braille technology uh, that you used in when it came to digital braille was, but also how you started reading braille and how long ago you started reading braille, that kind of thing. So that's what we're going to do is have a little bit of fun next week. Um, I also would love to have somebody on if I can find somebody to contact. So if there's anybody listening and you can present on this, um, Please get in touch with me. I, you know, with the new stuff coming out with digital Braille, when it comes to like Braille music and MuseScore and all of that, um, we have several people that attend our call that are interested in Braille music. So I would love to have somebody to talk to us more about that. So if anybody um, is listening and or attending today and they can do that or they have knowledge on that, please get in touch with me because I'd love to have you. Last time, uh, the last call we had um, before the Christmas break, we had Matthew Horsepal from uh, the Braille's Foundation, and he talked to us all about what they do. So those are the kinds of things we do on, uh, or we talk about on doing Braille digitally.
1: So, Nikki, do you – um, because I know you can't do a lot of this on your call because you only have an hour, so you yeah. can't be answering a lot of, uh, you know, troubleshooting questions about um, the Braille displays that people may have gotten but don't quite know how to operate. Do you – are you able to offer – uh people resources of where they can go to get more one-on-one assistance in learning how to use their devices
7: we try to i mean i always try to have at least a couple calls every you know like every few months to have a call just for q a where people can just ask whatever question they might have and even if i don't know the answer the great thing is somebody else listening or attending does usually know the answer Mm -hmm. and uh uh, even if I don't know what resources to provide, um, usually somebody else who's there can give us some. So we do. We do try and provide that. And like I said, we do try and do a call every, you know, a couple of months or so. I don't want to do it all the time because people may not have questions. But every couple of months, I do like to do a, a little Q&A call. And sometimes if our presenter, whoever that is, um, is, you know, done early, we just take some Q&A at that time so that people can ask such questions. I always try at the beginning to give any updates in what's been going on in the, you know, framework of Braille technology in in the recent, you know, since the last call or in the recent month or so. So, yeah, I do try and give resources as much as I can.
1: i haven't had the opportunity to be on too many of the calls but the ones i've been on have been really good because you do that and there's always mickey's right there's always somebody on the call who can usually answer a person's questions and i just think one of the things that i really like about this whole thing is that it is giving people information on what's out there in terms of braille displays and when you're trying to figure out or technology when you're trying to figure out well what you know what's going to be the best for me? what What should I get? And while this doesn't necessarily give you the hands- on that you really need to be able to do before you decide which device you want to use, at least it provides you with some initial basic information, and that's why I feel like this community call is so important. So Nikki, thank you so much for coming and sharing. and we just may get more people in your class. <laughs> that
7: would be so great. And you know the most of the people that have done presentations on the Braille display, uh on their braille displays have been really good about describing what they are like like where buttons are how much where the buttons are located what buttons there are uh we had diane scalzi talk about the um oh, what's it called braille edge and uh we had dan tevel talk about um the mantis and um i think there was another braille display he talked about at one point and some other people and they've been very good and i've tried to be very good at describing the actual layout of the braille display since people couldn't actually touch it and be hands-on so we try to do the best we can with that so again that's
1: the second and fourth saturdays at 1 p.m eastern time correct so if you haven't um gone on the call and you want to check it out just watch your um community call schedule and You'll get the link, and you'll be able to do that. So, Nikki, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for all the great information.
7: You're very welcome.
1: Well, at this point, I'm going to turn it back to Larry to introduce our next presenter. But before I do that, get your braille writers and a piece of paper handy, because our presenter after Larry is going to help us create. So, Larry, it's up
5: to you. Oh, that's going to be so much fun! I'm looking forward to it. Yes, you know this next presenter actually is a really good follow-up to uh, to uh, uh, Nikki, and 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 you're going to be able to ask maybe through me some really volatile questions. Mike Tyndall is a assistive technology specialist with Dream Vision Group. And first, I've got to ask you, Mike, what is Dream Vision Group? Well, Dream, hello, everybody. This is Mike Tindall.
3: Can you hear me, Larry?
5: Yes, go ahead. Okay. So welcome, Dream Vision. Welcome.
3: Yep. Thank you so much. Dream Vision Group was started a couple years ago um, by a, a gentleman by the name of Damian Pickering. Um, he founded Dream Vision, and uh, I've been with him pretty much kind of from the start. Um, but as you said, it it kinda I joined in on this call right before you asked your questions about grade three braille. And I was just sitting here thinking, wow. Um, you know, so much of, of what Nikki was just talking about and part of the mission, um, if you will, of the Dream Vision Group. Both Damien and I worked for. Freedom, scientific, humanware, and hymns, directly, and for twenty years, over twenty years, um, that was kind of my journey um, in the access technology world, and. Um, I was held back in the second grade because I couldn't read. I could read Braille. I was reading it, but I wasn't reading it fast enough. So they held me back that year so I could get faster at it. And I remember in kindergarten, and I'm probably going to tell my age, but um, all the students in the the public classroom had to write print Vs because they were learning the letter V. Well, I couldn't understand why they wanted me to write a print V when I couldn't see it. And I didn't want to do it. And actually, I got my hand whacked with a yardstick by the teacher because (laughs) I wouldn't write my. Seriously, I would not. I would not write my print Vs. But um, yeah. So that's kind of how Dream Vision started. So basically, what we do is we do sell equipment um, in the U.S. And I can talk a little bit more about that as we go on. But one of the major things that we do offer at the dream vision group is training and um we train on pretty much every piece of assistive technology out there um i got a braille and speak back in 1998 i think and uh that's where i started my braille journey with electronic braille before that, everything was on a Perkins Brailler or Slayton Stylus. And then I um, just kind of learned JAWS and started working for Freedom Scientific in 2001. And then I worked for the NFB for a while, in their Access Technology Lab. So I learned a little bit about every piece of technology. And then I worked for Humanware for 12 years. And it was interesting because when I started working for Humanware, I taught a workshop. And that was my interview, I thought. So then we go to lunch and I'm sitting there and the vice president of sales, who would be my boss, was talking to me and he said, "Um, I'm concerned about your ability to read Braille because, you know, you're going to be doing presentations in front of a lot of people and your Braille literacy has to be good. And there was a flashback in my head and i said yeah that's what i got held back for in school many years ago because i wasn't reading fast enough let's see what happens here so i took a braille note apex and i opened a christmas no it was an empower actually and i opened a christmas carol because the apex was released while i worked at humanware but the empower i turned it on it was around Thanksgiving time and there was a book on there, Christmas Carol, and I remember reading about three paragraphs and he said, okay, you can stop now. And then I thought, okay, did I pass it? Did I get it? Who knows? And then I got the job. So, but I do believe, and I mean, it's kind of funny, but I do believe that if I had not been able to be literate and read Braille at a fast pace. I do not believe I would have had the job. It doesn't matter how good I knew the technology, I had to be literate. And I just quickly wanted to share that little story.
5: I appreciate that. And and, and I'm glad you touched on the issue of training because that's what I would like you to talk a little bit more about. You know, since we're celebrating Louis Braille's birthday today, what is your view of the availability of certified professional trainers of Braille devices, note-takers, embossers, etc., sure. uh, for people who, in the U.S.? Are there enough? You know,
3: Larry, I don't think that there will ever really be enough. Um, I think that, you know, it's a thing that that everybody um, you know, I don't think that we can ever have enough trainers. And, you know, one of the slogans that we have at 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 Dream Vision is we'll meet you where you are and we'll take you where you want to go. And, you know, I think so oftentimes I remember, I don't know if I should even say this, but I will. I remember back in the day when I was in charge and, you know, I was doing escalation tech support, you know, oftentimes somebody would call in and I would even tell, you know, my team, I don't care how simple a question is. If you don't know where the power switch is or you don't know, whatever, no question is a dumb question. And. You know, after doing this for 20 years, I still feel the same way. Um, What is important to me is is that you are able to master what you want to master, and you want to be able to be productive and do what you need to do with the technology that you
5: have. And that is our goal. Okay, so how should a person go about finding... A trainer. I mean, is there some sort of a national list of certified trainers? <laughs> um,
3: I don't know personally if there's a national list. What I would what I would urge people to do is if you're in, you know, if you have a, a counselor, or you're in rehab and you have a case open, certainly talk to your counselor in your state. Um, you know, see what's available there and you know if 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 there's not someone in your local state that they're working with um they certainly could partner with someone like us and if you know they could the the rehab could you know pay for training for clients um we also do take private pay for um you know if someone wants training um, we do it by the hour and there's bundles and that kind of thing i won't go into pricing here but but you know it's certainly a thing that could be an affordable option we try to make it as affordable as possible um and you well, know because, when
5: i because people are now kind of spread out sure obviously there are blind people who live in rural settings and absolutely and so they don't have access to these facilities like lighthouses for the blind or whatever sure. and, and so then there becomes this issue of training done by phone mm-hmm. via zoom right so wh- give me your comments about that how effective so- can that be?
3: So here's my comments, and I'm glad you asked the question because I was thinking about that earlier when Nikki was talking. I remember uh, my job at HumanWare was 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 doing workshops and training. That was my job. And I flew all over the country, 45, 40, 50, sometimes literally weeks a year. And uh, I was traveling everywhere all the time. and. One day, somebody mentioned to me about this thing called Zoom Mm -hmm. and that we could possibly cut back on our travel budget and we could do things with Zoom. And I thought, you know, I have 10, 15 devices that I carry everywhere I go and I hand one to everybody and we're in the same room And I thought, how in the world could I ever do this virtually? And I was like kicking and screaming and saying, no, no, I can't, you know. And But as I think about it, and especially, you know, when COVID hit and and we were all doing it virtually, I think that in order to do it virtually, you have to, as Nikki was talking about a while ago. Really describe things that are, you know, as much as you can physically describe things. And I think what it's done for me, Larry, is made me more aware of, you know, because I'm not physically in the room with somebody, I can't walk back and look at their devices or maybe, you know, see what they're doing if it's a thing that doesn't have speech, if it's just a braille display. I've kind of learned learned ways to do it virtually um you know kind of by having people tell me what they're seeing um and it's you know it's not as easy as being there but it certainly can be done and you know I'm glad that I was kind of proven wrong because I said oh it can't be done in my mind it was just like no I can't do this virtually there's no way but I can (laughs) and
5: um yeah are there some circumstances where it can only be done in person?
3: I think that if you're working with someone maybe who is deaf-blind, it certainly is going to make it much easier to be there in person. I also think if you're working with someone, um, maybe they're just learning Braille, and so they're not as... You know, as good with Braille as as you know others, um, if they're just starting out, I think being being in person um, makes a big difference. So I'll give you an example. One of the things that that we are the national master distributors in the U.S. and Canada for a product. well, all the products of Help Tech, which is in Germany. And all of these are Braille displays that have no speech. So they're all Braille devices. And, you know, if I'm working with someone on their iPhone, let's say, with a Braille display, I'm not able to hear what it says. If they're talking to me on their phone, I'm not able to hear the speech of voiceover. So you know, I'm relying on them to tell me what's happening as they do certain things. And that does work. Um, it isn't as easy as it would be if I could just hear the devices. But, um, you know, it's it, it, I think using these products um, has has kind of allowed us to develop strategies of how to, you know, how to deal with those kind of things when we're virtual and we're dealing with a braille display for example
5: all right i want to touch on a kind of a rather sensitive area there are a lot of folks out there who have learned technology some to a considerable degree but they haven't necessarily been tested on their abilities, but they're out there helping and some of them are actually sure. charging for that service. So sure. how how do you separate, you know, the professional trainer from the the helpful tech technology person? I mean sure. how is there a way for trainers to get certified or qualified that that makes them legitimate?
3: I think, you know, as far as being certified, somebody, for example, could could could, you know, um take the CADICUS exam and they could be CADIS certified. Um I took the Jaws test. In fact, the last time I did it was in 2020. 20, 19, 20, 20, 20, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and 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 it was interesting because I, I decided, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. And so I looked at all the Jaws stuff and I took the test. And it was a you know, even though I've been using Jaws for all these years, I thought, oh, I can just do this. Well, the first time I took it, I did not pass it. I came close. I missed by like one question <laughs> from passing it. And so the next day I took it again and I passed it. But it was you know, it was interesting because I thought, you know, I can just breeze through this. I know this stuff. And and I was surprised. And it kind of, you know, took me back a little bit to how important it is that those of us who train, that we keep up with all technology. I got an iPhone 3GS the day they were released, literally. I kept it for a week. I thought, this is ridiculous. I returned it I sat around for a week and I said all these blind people are talking about voiceover and I'm not gonna let them get one up on me I have to know what I'm doing so I went back to the store saw the same sales guy and bought an iPhone again and now the day the iPhone is released I buy a brand new one every single year and um you know it, it's a major part of my life, but with that being said, I feel that Braille is truly the biggest part of my life. Um, you know, I, I I I literally do not know how people function without knowing Braille.
5: But there's a dozen different kinds of Braille displays out there. And although they have some common commands, their, sure. their keyboards are different and mm-hmm. transfer of files are different. So how can someone be trained or certified or qualified to know all of those? and And I can have the confidence to call him up or her and say, I just got a new Braillian 40X and Mm -hmm. I would like you to give me a class. So Mm -hmm. how do I find that kind of person? Well,
3: I don't really know how to answer this without sounding like I'm bragging because I'm not. I mean, that's far from what I would ever want to do. But... I have been fortunate enough, you know, with being in the industry for all of these years and doing the kind of work that I have done. um, I literally physically own every device that's used in the USA. I I had a Mantis and I actually sold it, but that's the only device that I physically Mm -hmm. don't own myself. And I still to this day, you know, use all of the devices simply because if I'm training someone on whatever device I'm training them on, I want to know that I can still do those things. And I think that, um, I don't really know how a person would make, you know, I think they would just have to do research, for example, to see if what they're trying to learn can be taught by whoever they're looking for to teach them. And then, you know, are their personalities going to match and mm-hmm. those kind of things. Um, but again, not not trying to, you know, Brag, but I will say that if any, and another thing, Larry, that I want to mention about dream vision, um, we are not a company that if you call us and you tell us, you know, these are the things I'm doing. If there's a product that is going to meet your need and we don't carry it, we are not going to try to sell you a thing that we sell that does not meet your need i'm going to say to you you need to call x and talk to them about x because this is what you need to do because at the end of the day if you're not happy with the product that you buy it's going to sit on a shelf and that's the last thing that we want to have happen
5: okay i have one last question for you because i know this is a burning question in a lot of people's minds who may not be a client of a particular vr program sure but they but they still have the need for this kind of training so Mm -hmm. where can they go to get funding to pay for a certified trainer any ideas
3: I think that um you know if they are if they are in an area that you know where they could I think I would st- still say that I would start out Talking to rehab, if it's a person who is a senior, there are senior grants that are out there. Mm -hmm. Um, If there are people who, you know, they could start there and see if there is a way to get them training. Um, If not, they could certainly reach out to a company such as ours, Dream Vision. And, you know, if someone were to call us, for example, um, we would we would talk to them and see, you know, what their needs are and do everything that we can to accommodate um, that. I also know that in some instances, well, in several instances I can think of, if a person is employed, oftentimes employers will pay right. for training on devices.
8: Yes,
5: they will. Well, Mike, I want to thank you very much. You filled in a lot of gaps, and uh, the, the whole area of training is a big question, and And I think your suggestion about it's really important to research to get referrals that are dependable before you make your choice about who you're going to get that the training from because there are many different levels Of knowledge, uh, technically with regard to braille devices and others. So, thank you so much for joining us. And
3: we absolutely, Larry, and thank you. Thank you for the time.
5: We appreciate knowing about Dream Vision. Thank you so much. Dream Group. I got, yeah, yeah, right, right. I got (laughs) to say it right, don't I? (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay. So, that was Mike Tindall from uh, the, uh, uh, from the uh, Dream Vision Group, and now I think we're ready to learn something about making. I don't know what are we going to make, Denise.
1: What are you going to? What are we going to make? Well, I'm going to let our presenter tell us what we're going to make. If okay. any of you have done this before, this is a whole lot of fun.
5: You know, um, I did. A, I had a lot of fun on one of her. Classes not too many weeks ago, where I made a butterfly, and really? I was so proud of my butterfly. I had to show it to my granddaughter, and I said, "Is this really a butterfly?" She said, "It sure is." So, well, you thank you, there thank you, thank you, Appreciate it. Go for it.
2: <laughs> well, thank you, Larry. I love that story, and I love the story how you wrote it up in the um, the Braille memorandum there. And hello everyone. I'm Dorlin with Braille Together and we're going to make a small heart out of braille characters this evening since we all love braille so much. Uh and also we've got February and Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. <laughs> yeah, it's coming up next month and this heart is nice and small. It'll fit on those little cards. Uh, cards you can buy at the grocery store and stuff for valentine's day around this time of year well in the next couple of weeks anyway and um people give them out at classes and stuff like that so you can put it on any card a birthday card you might be making for louis braille perhaps or for a friend uh this little heart is something i think You know, all Braille lovers might want to memorize. It's pretty small, and it fits on all sorts of things. So we're going to make that tonight. If you've got a Perkins Brailler, you can get a piece of paper loaded up in there. This guy's nice and small, though. So you can make this using a slate and stylus as well. A um, four-line slate is perfect. You can even use a business card slate for this. It is just three lines down by four characters wide. And if you've never made a braille drawing before, uh, we're just gonna go through character by character. I will give you the character we're making. I will also give you dot combinations. So if you're not familiar with the contraction perhaps, or if you're just getting into braille even and you don't know all the letters, but you know how to use your Perkins braille or your Slayton stylus, You will be able to follow along and make this little guy with me and so we'll see how long it takes us to get through it uh but i think it'll go fairly quickly for everyone i will say each character twice though as we're going along just so that if for some reason my audio cuts out or yours does you've got that twice since we won't really have time for questions as we're going through this Uh, so I'm thinking everyone's had that chance to get a little piece of paper into their slate and stylus snap that guy in there or load it into their Perkins now and so again this is just going to be three lines and four characters across at its widest so it it is also something where if you wanted to make multiple going across a line you could but for now we're just going to do the one so we're going to start all the way to the left at the beginning of the line if you're on the perkins you're all the way to the right of course on your slate and stylus in that first cell and we are going to start with the letter s s says in sam dots two three and four again our first character is the letter s s for sam Dots two, three, four. Our next character is the letter E. E for Edward. Dots one, five. Again, our second character is E as in Edward. Dots one and five. Now, our third character is going to be the letter I, I as in indigo, dots two, four. Again, that's the letter I as in indigo, dots two, four. Our fourth character and final one on this line is going to be the WH contraction. That's dots. 1, 5, and 6. Again, this is the last character for us, the fourth on this line, and it's the contraction for wh. That's 1, 5, and 6. And you have completed the first line, which is the top of our heart, the two little lobes at the top there, and we're going to move down to our second line. So, hit that Line return key and go all the way back over to the left on your Perkins or head down to your second line and all the way back to the right on your slate. And we are gonna begin our second line. Our second line is on our first, uh, our first character rather of our second line here is the GH contraction. That is dots one, two, and six. Again, our first character on our second line is the GH contraction. Dots one, two, and six. Then we are going to space twice, leaving the center of our heart open here. So press that space bar twice on your Perkins or skip the next two cells on your slate and stylus. Again, our second and third characters on this line are blank. So, we're spacing twice or skipping those. And we will then go on to our fourth character on this line and the right edge of our heart. And that is going to be our AR contraction. That's dots three, four, and five. Again, our fourth character here is the AR contraction, dots 3, 4, and 5. And with that, you've completed the second line of our heart. And you can go ahead and hit that return key and go all the way back to the left on the Perkins or head down to that third row and all the way back to the right on your slate and stylus. And we are going to begin our third line here by spacing once again this is our third line and you're going to want to space once so if you're on the slate and stylus just skip that first cell here we're going to create the bottom of our heart so our second character on or second since our first one was blank uh on this third line our second one here is going to be e that's dots one and five E as in Edward, Again, this is our second spot or second cell rather on our third line and it is the letter E as in Edward, dots one and five. Then our next character is going to be I as in Indigo, that's dots two and four, again our next character here, which is the third cell on this line, our third line, is I, as in indigo, dot two, four. And that's actually it. We are done with our heart. You just close the bottom point. So if you've got it in your uh, Perkins Brailler, you can reach up and feel into your heart there. And got that slate and stylus, pop it on out and touch that guy you've got the two lobes at the top i like putting my index fingers up at the top there and feeling the inside of that and you can feel how the second line has helped the heart start to taper down to the point that is our e and i at the bottom of it and it's just a nice little heart you can decorate all sorts of things with there and uh, um, if you wanted to make a whole row of them going across you might just want to put a space as you're going in between each heart and it makes a really nice border it's a really versatile little thing so um hopefully larry your granddaughter likes the heart as much as she likes the butterfly
1: (laughs) that's so cute (laughs) okay so before dorlian goes on i want to know is there anybody out there who's never done this before Cause I want to know what your reaction was. So if we have anybody who's never done this before, raise your hand. Cause I want to know what your reaction is. Travis, do we have any hands
8: right now? We are clear. Huh? Oh, we do. We do have a hand. Oh, good. Let me get over
2: and uh, we have a couple of hands. We can allow Daniel to talk first.
9: Okay. Daniel. Hello. Uh yeah, this is Daniel here. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, I'll just say as as I was doing this activity, you know, I'm actually a veteran uh braille drawer. I I've, I've been drawing all sorts of shapes and diagrams and even maps and, and this seems like so simple to do and that uh, as I uh, like I, I could perhaps uh do a different shaped uh art with, with some alternative characters in there and mm-hmm. and yeah, it just looks uh, pretty convincing, I think.
1: Looks like a heart, does it? Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. right, too, Daniel. You could do different characters. You could, if you guys fill those hearts in, you can have a filled in little solid heart. That's our, this is our little outline, though.
9: Yeah, or even like a six character by th- three or four lines, possibly, enlarge it. Like, I know how to do that, pretty much. <laughs> I bet
1: you there's some people who never thought you could do this with Braille. <laughs> it's just fun. <laughs> Did you say we had mm-hmm. one more hand? OK, well, so, Darlene, tell us a little bit about your 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 class or classes. I'm not sure if you do one or two each and when they when they um, occur and basically what you
6: do. Excuse me? mm mm-hmm. um, This is Christy, and I had my hand raised, but I didn't see the, the unmute thing. Um, I have done a Christmas tree, and I've done Christmas trees since I was in elementary school, and Mm -hmm. I'm 71 now almost. So I've been doing that, but I've never done the heart, and I'm interested in the other shapes.
1: All right. Well, thank you. That's great. Thanks, Christine.
2: Yeah, well, that's cool. Well, you know, we will be actually doing uh, in February at one of our Braille toge- weekend Braille Together calls, we'll be doing some concentric hearts. So, we'll have this small one in the middle and they get increasingly large going out. That's a little bit more complicated design, but it's a lot of fun and something, you know, folks can take these drawings and kind of um, figure out how they're done and you can really create a lot on your own, which is cool. Um, but we tend to stick to ones that someone's already done because I don't have the, all those creative skills so much. Uh, so we'll be doing that later. But our weekend Braille Together call is every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern on the community calls schedule with the ACB. And we do something different every Saturday. Uh, we do some themed sort of themes. And we do some learning sort of things, but we always have fun. This coming Saturday, we're going to be setting goals for the coming year. Uh, this is something, it'll be our third time we're doing it. We are, when we get together, you know, we, we're a little Braille family over there and invite anyone who hasn't joined us before to join us. But it's nice to set goals with uh, each other and just watch ourselves progress through the year and then look back and be like, oh my gosh, look how far we've come together because um, we've really taken Zoom and the virtual space, and uh, people, we, we learn together and we've had people learn from never t- having touched Braille before and who are reading now. It's been really great. Uh, on those Saturday calls, we'll do things like talk about how to use the slate and stylus or talk about how to do numbers in UEB. Uh, everything, you know, we've run the gambit of, I would say, once a month we play games. Together, uh, a lot of games I make up. Sometimes our very own Karen Thomas of the Braille Revival League, who is my co-facilitator, will help with games. Um, and so we've we do all sorts on Saturdays. That's one of our calls. Then uh, we have two calls throughout the week where we use the Braille, um, well, we call them Braille breakout rooms. We use the Zoom breakout room functions. And that's where we've really found the Zoom platform has been great for virtual learning. And we're able to get in one-on-one sometimes, sometimes as a small group, but work together and focus on what needs to be focused on for that individual learner. We've got folks who volunteer their time to be mentors and help people along the way whether it's going through the mcduffie reader together which is kind of like a braille primer you can buy for about 25 bucks so it's reasonable or going through the hadley courses together because uh those are free you can get that braille under your fingertips and those courses for free and then um sometimes you just need a little you know motivation hand holding uh accountability Whatever it is, we're there for that. And so that's Sunday and Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Again, on the community call schedule, we do those breakout rooms. And uh, if someone out there is curious about us, pop in. We're just happy to have anyone there. We try to find a place for everyone, no matter what you want to work on, how you want to approach learning Braille. Or if you're someone who knows Braille well and wants to come help mentor, that's a place, you know, we need you to. That's how we keep going. So, it's really cool how that has grown and people have truly been learning where we've taken, you know, half an egg carton or a muffin tin to start out with just to start learning the uh, shape of the different characters and the dot numbers and then help people find resources getting like the Braille on demand books that the NLS service has been providing has been so fantastic. So we can get the same books under our fingertips, no matter where we are in the country. So that's been really cool. And then that has actually helped us start another call, which is called Deciphering Dots. We are on a brief hiatus from that one, (laughs) Um, but we are getting started up in January with a new book. And on Deciphering Dots, we get a book from NLS together that has both the book in contracted and uncontracted Braille. So, they're kids' books, but it's something where we can all get our fingers on it together no matter which code you're trying to learn. If you're just learning grade one or if you're getting into the contractions and we read each line twice, once from the uncontracted side, once from the contracted side, um, and we help Decipher all those dots together. I mean, we decipher everything from copyright and ISBN number to the very end of the book and learning how to draw the characters that were part of it. We do it all. (laughs) Um, It's been really fun being together for that one. And we've done books like Nothing Fits a Dinosaur. And Beneath the Bed and Other Scary Stories for the Fall. And we will be doing Practice Makes Perfect. And we should be getting started up the third week of January on that one. So stay tuned. Keep an eye on the community call schedule. Um, and then once a month, we get together and get out Braille calendars, the dots of the month. So you might see the dots of January in the community call schedule. And we just go through all the Braille calendars people have that we have time for in 90 minutes and pretty much go through. Find what the holidays are and decipher those dots as well. So I know I've been talking a while. We've got a lot of calls, but we have a lot of fun. And I'll uh stop now. <laughs> you either, have
1: what are you uh, what do you do in your
2: spare time? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I web accessibility, actually. Uh, but no. well, oh.
5: I, I have a question for you. I don't know yes. if you know the answer. I um there are two books that were referenced to me uh, for drawing using braille, one by uh, Marie Porter and the other by Kim Charlson. Do you know if either of those books are available from NLS?
2: No, neither of them are through NLS. Um, You can find some free drawing uh, instructions through the Perkins website. Um, uh, you can actually Google most of them if you think, oh, maybe there's a snowman out there because there is, you can Google, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Braille snowman drawing and you'll get to that Perkins site. They've got lots of drawings on there. Um, the Kim Charlson book is available through Amazon, um, and the Marie Porter book I have found on Apple books. I got it a long time ago though. I'm not sure if it's still there, but you can definitely get Kim Charlson's book through Amazon. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank
1: you, you so much, Dorlin. This has been just great, great presentation, lots of fun. And uh if you are out there and you want to improve your Braille skills, here is the best place to come do that. Or if you've th- never learned Braille and you've been thinking about it and you've thought, eh, I don't think I could ever learn. Oh, come check out these community calls because they're a great way to find out you know, how how well you can do and a great way to to get some Braille instruction. So thank you so much, Dorlin, for joining us.
2: Yeah, and some camaraderie. We're a great family. Come join us. Good community. Thanks for having us, guys. Really appreciate it. And happy birthday, Louis Braille. Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> I think they have a lot of way too much fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what we do, actually. So come, come check us out. <laughs> Bye, guys.
1: Bye. Okay. Larry is going to introduce our next presenter.
5: Oh, I am so excited. I want to introduce, I'm glad you gave me that opportunity because she is a dear friend, a very capable um, executive who's uh, worked for American Foundation for the Blind and other organizations. And she told me recently that she retired from AFB in order to Take three part-time jobs, so I don't know how she does it. I'm talking about the newly elected president of the Braille Revival League of Texas, Yay! Neva, <laughs> Neva Fairchild's.
10: Hi, Neva. Hello, Larry and What's everyone
5: exciting? Else. What's so exciting much. going on in the Lone Star State? Tell us.
10: Well, I want to fill you in on what's happening in Texas, but first of all, I have to sing Happy Birthday to Louie Braille. Oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't sing. I'll just say, Happy Birthday, Louie. <laughs> <laughs> and from the Braille Revival League of Texas, Howdy, y'all. <laughs> I have enjoyed a 33-year career in blindness rehabilitation. I have been visually impaired all my life and have been blind for the last 10 or so years. And I came to Braille late, unlike many of you. In my 40s, I decided getting my nose up close and personal to a large print label on a file drawer wasn't as easy as i needed it to be neither was it very graceful i learned the braille code the 26 characters of the alphabet in three evenings was i fast heavens no but i was so excited to have a tactile alphabet that made sense to me I didn't have to strain my eyes, the lighting didn't matter, I didn't need to go find my magnifier, I could read. It's been such a critical part of my toolbox for over 25 years. You do the math and figure out how old I am. I'm pleased to announce that the Braille Revival League of Texas recently held elections. I'm on my... Second go around as president. I did this about 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. I don't remember when it was, but I have assumed the position of president as of last month. Our vice president is Karen Thomas. Some of these names you're going to know. Our secretary is Denise Coley. Our treasurer is still Marjorie Beeman. She's been treasurer since God was young, and (laughs) a long time (laughs) ago. Yeah, we hope and pray she's going to continue to be our treasurer. But we weren't able to verify that in November when we held elections because she was neck deep in Blue Santa, which is the police department's um, toy uh, program for children at Christmas time, and we we couldn't take her away from that we have three director positions Karen Eitel has served one year already so she's on her second year as a director for Braille Revival League of Texas Kenneth Simeon Sr is in his first year as a director and our very own Larry Johnson is once again on the board of the Braille Revival League of Texas he's a retread you might know him in 2023, the Braille Revival League of Texas was very busy. We did presentation a presentation to the Texas School for the Blind faculty and students who were available to come, where we played clips from our 2022 webinar on Braille given by Mike Hudson from APH, and we outlined several stories of our members who facilitated this session about how important Braille is to them as an adult. We wanted to bring home to the students that Braille isn't just for school. It's very important in school, but it will be important to them all their lives. We wrote letters of encouragement to the Texas School for the Blind Students who were participating in the Braille Challenge. And we wrote letters of congratulations to all of the graduating seniors from Texas School for the Blind. You might imagine that we wrote them in Braille. We held a panel discussion at our state conference in August that I facilitated our own Michael Garrett, ACB treasurer, and I'm blanking on the third panelist's name. Larry, help me if you can.
5: I think it was David Trump.
10: It was. Yes. Thank you so much. Brain, brain dead here. Um, also told his story. And we all came to Braille differently in our lives. But the overriding theme was that Braille is important to us still today and that Braille is for people of all ages. The sharing of our stories I think touched the audience. We had a good turnout. It was really gratifying that people were interested. We hope to translate that interest into more members for the Braille Revival League of Texas. We, like other affiliates, have a small but mighty group of people who love and encourage the use of Braille. In 2024, we have plans to continue to under to underwrite the encouragement of the students at the Texas School for the Blind in their braille challenge and their educational pursuits by sending them letters in braille, and perhaps doing more with the school's approval to help them to practice their braille. We hope to collaborate with the Library Users of America of Texas on some events in our local chapter libraries during April, which is library month, to promote not only the use of the Talking Book program, the e-reader to read in Braille and the learning of Braille in local libraries as awareness presentations and to encourage people to use the service when they can no longer read print like they used to. We plan to offer a Braille-focused event again at our conference this year. We haven't decided on what it's going to be, but I can promise you it's going to be fun because I love to play games, and games and Braille work hand-in-hand. In years past, we have done trivia games. We've played bingo with a room full of 150 people, and It's just a blast to be able to play the games you love because you can access them with Braille. We want to attract more of our ACB of Texas members to join Braille Revival League of Texas and thereby Braille Revival League, and we think we can do that best by having a fun activity that intrigues them and makes them want to draw closer to those of us who love Braille. I'm very proud to have represented Braille Revival League of Texas here today. Thank you so much for inviting us to talk with you. And if any of the other presidents of the affiliates of Braille Revival League would like to reach out to me, you can reach me through the same email they've been giving all day, treasurer at Thank you so much. Thank you,
5: Neva and We also would like to extend an invitation to any Braille user or sighted person who wants to support Braille who lives in our lone star state to become a member of our affiliate, and we are planning a very active and exciting and fun year in 2024. So back to you, Denise.
1: Now I know why I moved to Texas you couldn't have more fun than this this is awesome thanks so much neva all right i told you earlier this morning that one of the things you were going to get to hear about today was what is the braille revival league anyway who are they what do they do why should i want to join so i have invited uh the chairs of our four subcommittees to come and share with you a little bit about what their committees are doing and some of the other activities of the Braille Revival League. And as they if any of them um, are still needing to come up, I'm giving them time. I want to talk a little bit about what is the Braille Revival League anyway? Um, you know, we really are passionate about ensuring that people who are Braille users really have a sense of pride in Braille as blind people. That you know that it is a method of reading and writing that really can make them mu- equally as literate as their sighted peers. Um, so engendering that sense of pride is is very important. We want to be able to stimulate, you know, a keen awareness of the practical uses of Braille. So the Braille Revival League does whatever we can to meet that goal. Um, We work to to be able to encourage all blind people to read and write Braille. Um, That is very important to us. And we want to make sure that Braille instruction really is mandatory in schools and other educational facilities. You would think it would be, but it's surprising how much that doesn't happen. And it's really important to us to make the mastering of Braille an integral part of the curriculum for training teachers of the visually impaired who are going to be teaching Braille. So these are just a few of the things that um, are parts of why the braille revival league was started in the first place we have a long history but we are very passionate about our braille and if you talk to anybody who's a member of the braille revival league they will tell you the same thing that they couldn't function without their braille and we hope that we have sort of engendered a sense of that today in the this program that we've put on so i'd first like to have speak to you um Ralph Smitherman. Ralph is chair of our Public Awareness Subcommittee. He is also editor of the Braille Memorandum. And Ralph, I'd like to have you talk about both of those things.
8: All right. Very good. Thank you, Denise. Great program today. Hope everyone can hear me. My Zoom is wonky at times. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. Uh, First of all, the Public Awareness Committee Generally, we meet on the fourth Thursday of each month at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, which is 10 Central, the real time. And one of our goals that we're working on now is a new Braille brochure, B-R-L brochure. And that is in the works. We know that you know it can't be done overnight, so we're we're working to make that a very vital and useful tool for, especially for those outside the Braille Revival League. We want to share our information with the public. We know that um, <clears throat> that is important, and it's ongoing. And the committee members are Gene Mann. Chris Hunsinger, Frank Welty, and myself. And like I said, we meet on the fourth Thursdays of each month. We didn't meet in November, December because of the holidays, but notwithstanding, uh, that's generally when we meet. And we try to come up with ideas that will engage uh, you know, public notice of Braille because everyone on this call knows how important Braille is. And I don't have to reiterate that because uh, we, we know the importance of it. Also, just for the record, we do have a Facebook page with pictures and descriptions of those pictures on our Facebook page. And we know that Facebook is generally visual, so that's why we try to add uh, pictures when we can. Uh, As of today, we have 859 Facebook followers, which is pretty good because, uh, number one, we didn't pay Facebook to advertise for us, so it's word of mouth that we're counting on people to share our information. So if you're not following us on Facebook, just go to Facebook and type in Braille Revival League, and you will find us. Uh, Now, the memorandum is, of course, our newsletter. And as of 2023, we started to produce three issues a year. The deadline for articles for those issues are as follows. For the spring issue, the deadline is January 15. For the summer issue, the deadline is April 15. And for the fall-winter issue, the deadline is September 15. And as editor, a point of personal privilege I will take, and I want to thank everyone who has submitted articles for our newsletter. It is varied and funny and interesting. And if anybody wants to submit an article, It can be directly or indirectly related to Braille. It can be about Braille music or cookbooks or poetry or whatever you want to write about if it's associated in some way with Braille. And I as editor have the easy job because I get to edit the material and Jane Corona is our distributor of the email copies and May Davis formats our memorandum for braille production. And as Elizabeth Bowden mentioned earlier, she produces the memorandum for us in braille and large print. So we offer it by email or braille or large print, whatever your choice might be. And I want to thank uh, the Public Awareness Committee for all of their support and their help. Uh, you know, it's an ongoing committee. We started this a couple of years ago and whatever idea comes up that we think we can uh, inform the public about we try to do that so that i guess concludes my information (laughs) unless someone may have a question or so
1: and for uh, ralph how many pages braille pages have the last few issues issues of our memorandum been
8: uh they've been close to 90 to 100 pages of uh in 2023 uh as of now we have a few articles for this next coming issue so the pages where you know the size varies um which you know which is okay i mean some articles are longer than others we ask that people who write articles would maybe write up to 900 words, not too much over that. you know it can be 150 words but just not over 900. So that way we can we can have more content uh, in the newsletter. Um, I, and before I, I just thought of something else that I need to mention in our fall winter 2023 issue, I put together a little contest called Find the Words Using Braille, B-R-A-I-L-L-E, and come up with words that you can make from Braille. No proper names, and the words had to be four-letter words or more. And so we do have a winner of that contest, and it will be announced in the memorandum, but I can tell you who it is right now.
1: I thought you were going to make us wait.
8: (laughs) Uh, And I will try to put the uh, words the winner submitted as well in there, just so everyone will know. So the winner of this contest, Finding Words from Braille, is Terry Gorman from Illinois. So, good job, Terry. And thanks to all who submitted entries. It was interesting to see the words that were found. So that is what the Public Awareness Committee is about, and that's what the editor is about. And I'm just for the record, I'm also secretary, so I try to do the minutes and send them out appropriately. So thank you, God Denise.
1: Thank you. All right. Next is our outreach committee, and they have been a really active committee this year. Um, and the chair of that committee is Patty Slobby. Patty, tell us about outreach.
0: Thank you, Denise. Yes, we are a very active committee. I have Audrey Shading. Larry Johnson and Karen Thomas on my committee right now. And I'm looking for more members because unfortunately due to family circumstances, we lost a couple of members. So I'm looking for some active, very energetic people because with Karen and Larry, you don't waste any time when an activity needs to be done because Braille Matters began with Larry and I took on the job of being the schedule coordinator and Never realized how much work it would be, (laughs) but it was fun. I just loved working with everyone. Our committee does a lot. We try to meet on the third Thursday of the month at least every other month. Now, we haven't met for a few months because of the Braille Matters, but we will get back into it, and we have some activities that people have um, posed to me, so we have some up-and-coming events that we're going to be working on. Um, one of the activities we did for this year was the Braille Challenge Awards. And um, we were going to have one person get them ready for us, and it didn't work out. So thankfully, Karen Thomas stepped up to the plate and she worked with somebody who produced a wonderful um, award like ribbon. And we put congratulations, we are proud of you, and put our little emblem about the Braille Revival League on the bottom of that. And we sent Enough of those to give to each of the first, second, and third place winners of each of the categories of the Braille Challenge. And I personally know one the one that won from Wisconsin was just super excited about getting an award in Braille. Um, so it's, it's really been worthwhile, and I hope I hope to do it again this year, and we want to get started on planning it pretty soon. So we have it ready in time, so they are in Rachel's hand to hand out that day. Our our other big activity that we have been doing that's really fun, I only have 12 people right now that are involved in it, but I have number 13 waiting, and that is called the Braille Birthday Card Club. And we put ourselves into groups of four, so you only send three birthday cards per year that you do not have to be a Braille reader. You do not have to um, be able to... um, Read Braille because you can send somebody a print card with Braille on it and you can make your own cards. You can buy them from various agencies. We had a few agencies on board today that sell them. And you can also go to your local stores, pick up a card and either have someone assist you in reading it or I use Be My Eyes to read it and describe it. And then I braille it and you mail it to these people so that on their birthday, they can actually open the mail and read it themselves. So I'm looking for at least three more people so I can get number 13 into a group because she is eagerly waiting. And the people that have been on it are, I get so many wonderful responses. And then we also get a surprise every birthday from someone that who not will not identify themselves that sends us a Last year we received um, tactile Braille birthday cakes. I don't know what's in the making for this year, but I did have to submit the list of names. So my committee is very active. Um, we, I'm just so happy to have the people that I've had, and the people that have had to step off the committee have been very good, but they just became too busy and too many demands on their lives. So um, I'm looking forward to. 2024 and we shall be meeting within the next month thank you
1: thank you patty okay the third person i'd like to introduce is no stranger to any of us in acb um he was my um predecessor as president um my mentor and i just really look up to this gentleman um paul edwards chairs are publications committee and so i would like him to talk right now that's primarily the website so i'd like him to talk a little bit about our website and then the other major thing that paul does is to put together our braille buzz event that we have every other month he's come up with very wonderful speakers and very wonderful topics and if you haven't been a part of the braille buzz you want to join us we get 60 70 80 people sometimes on that call so Paul come and tell us about the website and the Braille buds
11: thank you very much so the website um, and the braille buzz sort of go together because people can find uh, Braille buzzes on our website um, our website isn't perfect but it's getting a lot better yes. um, I have a website committee and we've been meeting on uh, on on a regular basis I have miss um, Denise and Larry Johnson and um, Ralph Smitherman and Judy Dixon are the folks who have been lately uh, working on that committee, and I think we've kind of corralled the website um, in in into something that that is a lot better than it was. So um, uh, we we have a uh, a webmaster um, who is very willing to work with us, and uh, so we've enjoyed that. Um, and I will. Be glad to receive any concerns about the website that that we can take up in in our in our publications meetings. Um, we meet kind of irregularly, so I can't give you a specific time. I can give you a specific time for our Braille Buzz meetings. They are the third Wednesday of even numbered months. So our next Braille Buzz meeting will be in February, and. I've been thinking today um, uh, about how best um, we can incorporate perhaps some advantages of today uh, with some other stuff, and I think that I would like to announce to everybody who's here that our Braille Buzz meeting in February will do two things, like ours in September in December did. The first thing that we will do is we will review some of the technology that we think we can expect to see having to do with Braille um, in 2024. I don't know if we'll be able to get a lot of guests to talk about some of that, but I think there are enough of us in BRL who can talk about three or four or five things that I think are pretty exciting um, with regard to Braille that, that will be available before 2024 is over. And the second thing that I thought that we could do, madam President, is talk about what we learned from today and perhaps talk a little bit with our members about some future directions that BRL might go in um, following um, this meeting today.
1: Sounds absolutely wonderful. I think that's an awesome idea. Thank you, Paul. And finally, Um, our chair of our membership committee, Jane Corona. You've heard from her um, a few times today. She's going to tell you um, a little bit about what they're doing, um, about how you can join BRL or rejoin BRL. And also, um, she's going to announce the first place winner of our Braille Matters contest. Jane.
6: I have one piece of paper left on my desk. (gasps) Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I do. Okay. First of all, I'll keep you in suspense about that. Well, let me talk to you about what the membership committee is doing. As I mentioned before, we have a lovely membership committee that works really well together. Uh, we don't meet on a regular basis. We just meet whenever we need to. Um, <clears throat> we have Larry Johnson, Mary Ellen Cronin, May Davis, Lucy Edmonds, and me. Um, and, um, as we mentioned before, we, we were the ones that came up with the idea of the Braille Matters Contest, and we decided on the winners. And we also have another program, not too many, many people have taken advantage of this, but it was in the Braille Memorandum, and I'll mention it here, is it's a referral program where if you are a current member of the Braille Revival League and you want to refer a friend or two or ten, whatever, you can refer them and either you can pay their dues if you want, or you don't have to, you can just have them pay their dues. But if they say that they were referred by you, we'll keep track of that. And the person who refers the most people will win a prize. I think it was a $50 gift card. Mm-hmm. So get out there and find all your friends that aren't and either, either someone who's not a current member of the Braille Revival, uh, not a member at all of the Braille Revival League or someone who used to be maybe up as late as 2022, but not for 2023. So go out and find your friends who are interested in Braille and who haven't joined us yet. And if if they say that you referred them, I have a whole new column on my spreadsheet for referred by, and I'd love to, to fill that column with bunches of Names so that we can find out who referred the most people. So that's the the one of the biggest things that the membership committee has um has been working on, and we're just um, hoping that a lot of people refer a lot of members, and, and uh, we get a lot of new people who are interested in in joining BRL for 2024. Um, how to join the Braille Revival League? Um, as we have learned today. Um, We have six affiliates, so if you want to join through one of our state affiliates, um, if you want information about how to contact them, you can write to me. And of course, it's treasurer at braillerevivalleague.org, or you can call me. I'll give my phone number at the end again, and I'll put you in touch with the affiliate. If your state doesn't have an affiliate and you want to join as a member at large, you're very welcome to do that. And membership, Uh, At large in the Braille Revival League is $10 a year. You can pay for as many years as you want. Uh, A couple of people have paid up through 2026. um, So that's fine too. Or you could, uh, as we mentioned before, become a life member for $200. Um, You can pay in various ways. You can uh, call me with credit card information. That's the easiest way because then I get to know you and make sure that I have all the all the fields filled out in my database, which I'm inordinately proud of. Um, or you can um, make a PayPal payment. You can, Well, you can go on our website and fill out the membership form. And that way, you know, you can give me all of the information I need for the database. And that will take you to PayPal, so you can pay the $10 per year. Or you could just send a PayPal payment and put your name or something in the note field uh, treasurer at BrailleRevivalLeague.org. Um, you could send me a check if you're of a mind to do that. That's fine, too. Uh, treasurers always have their hand out for money, so I'll take it any way I can get it. Um, so that is um, membership. Um, I think uh, oh, Membership entitles you to receive the three um, issues of the BRL memorandum per year and um it's won an award it's a wonderful magazine um so um that's that's one benefit of membership um briefly let me tell you about the the lists that we have we have four lists on groups.io um there's a a board list for the board to talk back and forth among themselves Um, there's a brl members list uh, which has all of the current members and i send the brl memorandum out to Everybody who's on the BRL members list, of course, pretty soon in 2024, I'm going to uh, purge everybody who hasn't rejoined yet. So if you're if you'd like to join for 2024, uh, feel free to do so anytime. Um, There is a chat list. that's called BRL. It's uh, BRL plus subscribe at ACBLists.org. And that one, um, you don't need to be a member of the Braille Revival League. Anybody can go on there and subscribe to it and talk back and forth. So that is um, a nice way to communicate and um, uh, interact with with, uh, other people who are interested in Braille. The other great big list is basically what it says. It's BRL everyone. This is anyone who has ever at all at any time had any interaction with the Braille Revival League, whether you bought some of our game books, or you were or a member in 2014, or you, any anything, anything, you're on that list. So that is a one-way list. Um, we don't want 500 people to talk to each other, no, no. So um, I send out the announcements of the braille buzzes and, and all of our events to that list. So you probably got uh, a message on that list about this call today. Um, I did mention a, a second ago about the the uh, game books. um we have five game books that Ralph Smitherman, our devilish pu- uh, puzzle master, has created. Each book is in Braille. it is it has nine word puzzles of various kinds. um and there are five books. Um, each book, well, the first through fourth books are, five dollars each and the um yeah the the fifth one is ten dollars um because that's the newest one it's an homage to to alex trebek and jeopardy um so the 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 puzzles are in the form of answers and you have to figure out the question um you can get the whole bundle for thirty dollars Um, and, um, and I'll, I'll, I have all the files here. So, you know, we're always going to have them available because they're always on my computer and I can just braille out copies for you anytime you need them. Um, I think that's it, except this one final piece of paper that I need to tell you about. First prize for the Braille Matters because, um, Um, contest. And I called this person, and she was so pleased, and she's so happy to get it. I was so happy to be able to talk to her and tell her that she won. First prize goes to Mary Rickert from Louisville, Kentucky. And here's what she said. Braille matters because it empowers beautiful minds and delicate fingertips to experience, explore, and express a multitude of magnificent thoughts and ideas which would otherwise be lost to the world. Isn't that beautiful? So yes, I'd really like to, to thank everybody who submitted uh, Braille Matters entries. They were all wonderful. And we very much appreciate the involvement of so many members. And congratulations to the three the first, second, and third place winners of the Braille Matters contest. And I think I'm done. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. All right.
1: The last thing on our, on our program for tonight is um, uh i thought it would be really nice you kind of heard um deb lewis refer to this earlier this morning um to have our executive director of acb come and talk just briefly about um what the acb's view of braille acb's stand on braille and how acb promotes braille and just to give us some uh, final remarks so Um, I'd like to turn the um, virtual microphone over to Dan Spoon, our current Interim Executive Director.
9: Well, thank you, Denise, and uh, congratulations, BRL. What an amazing event you all have held today. I had the opportunity to come in and out throughout the day and hear uh you know different conversations whether it be about the braille challenge or accessible you know how it, it, uh, uh, excessive technology that allows us to to use braille it was just really uh really insightful and uh, congratulations what a great event i'm i'm hoping this is going to be done every year right denise only a little bit better and better each year mm-hmm.
1: that's our plan
9: yes fantastic and I think from ACB standpoint, obviously very much uh, supporters of Braille. Uh, I think you uh, saw the BOP and the board work very hard this year uh, to follow the recommendation from the BRL that now in 2024, all the issues of the Braille Forum uh, will be available in both Braille and large print. Uh, we're going back to ten issues this year uh, to kind of combine the summer issue in July and August, and then the November-December issue. But so there'll be ten issues of the Braille form, and they'll all be all be available in Braille. So I think that's really a uh, an excellent step forward. Uh, we continue to advocate the National Library Service for their the e-reader program and making sure that that gets rolled out in, in all the states across the country and is accessible to everyone who, uh, you know, who'd like to be part of that program. So, uh, you know, in everything we do, I just had conversations with uh, several of the large corporations that deal with packaging, Unilever, Procter & Gamble. You know, again, how do we advocate for Braille in in packaging? Uh, you know, so that our products on the shelves can be easily read by all of our community. So, uh, you know, in pretty much everything we do, we really strive always to make sure that accessible uh, materials are available in whichever format that people want to see them. And one of those major formats, of course, is Braille so thank
1: you dan very very much Mm -hmm. well i want to take this opportunity on behalf of the braille revival league to tell everyone thank you i want to say thank you to all of our presenters you were all amazing um you know you never know how something's going to turn out when you when you start doing it and uh i was a little nervous but i got to tell you but it's it's come together very well Thank you for all the people who worked so hard to put the event together. Um, I wanna thank all of our hosts and our streamers. And I wanna thank um, our host for this segment, Travis Butler and our streamer, Larry Gassman, for their um, efforts,